Right, Taz, uh, different introduction this week. I usually come with something there. I think during the week, oh yeah, I want to talk to Az about that. I look forward to this conversation. I don't bring a lot today, but I want a good rant, okay? So if I may start off with a rant or uh, finish it with, I'd like a, like a good rant. Uh, but this is, you are listening to Short Convos Podcast. I am JC, uh, Too Fast You Warrior of Light, and this is good friend, as Mirali, welcome to the Thank show, you, guys. Yeah, you're in the right direction. We're good. Did you have a rant in mind or you just want to have one? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I, I, couldn't, I, I wasn't I quite sure if you actually had one or if you just really fancied doing one but didn't actually have anything. No, to rant no, about. no. I, <laughs> no, I, yeah. You know when you feel like punching something? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, because of someone something it, someone. Uh, i'm not angry i'm not angry yeah but you know you can just have a go on a punch bag can't you're you? not angry you, you just want to punch happen. someone in the face <laughs> yeah 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 i think we should start there I, i'm i'm start in the mood okay. to hear you rant okay it might not actually uh, resonate that much especially to a uh uh an insomniac and i i don't want a solution really to be honest but we did do our wisdom wednesday before this so it kind of ties in i had all of this in mind before what you brought up actually so there's okay. the universe working i want to rant i don't like getting up in the morning first off i don't like being woken early in the morning uh i i yeah i just want to get that off off my chest i don't want a solution for it unnecessarily or anything else i just want to I don't know. It may be a bit of acceptance on it. I am not a morning person. Uh, well, I accept I you as you are. As? Well, yeah, I, I've known it about you and never had an issue with it. I've just, it's always just been something I known. Don't, don't wake JC up. Just if JC's asleep and you don't, if they're like the place isn't burning down, just let the man sleep and he will get up when he needs to get up. Or, yeah, this is the thing. You've always gotten up if you need to get up. You've, you know, it's not like you haven't yeah. done early mornings uh, and I've seen you in early mornings and you've been in relatively good spirits. So it's not like you can't do it. It's just given the choice. Clearly, you would you would rather not. Well, like we uh, we got a puppy at the start of December. So literally since the start of December, I pretty much got up every every day. I'm not going to say every day because it's Lawrence lives and then she'll be like, no, you haven't. Uh, but <laughs> Uh, I've got up pretty much on the majority every day. Uh, what has been for me a early time because uh, puppy needs feeding and no one else handles the raw dog food that we give them and everything else. Uh, Daisy has done it on the odd occasion, and we haven't because of this whole lockdown thing as well. Since you know the new year, we haven't needed to be up at an early hour uh, to be anywhere kind of thing. If I'm making sense. Uh, but we've got into a routine of getting up so that the kids are getting on with their schoolwork and everything else. We could have quite easily sipped into it. I haven't had my usual weekly laying as a regular thing, or I've actually last few weeks haven't had my uh, afternoon naps or those kind of things. Uh, evenings, I completely function. Like over the weekend, I think both days, uh, Friday and Saturday, I was up like two in the morning. Sunday was Super Bowl, so I didn't actually go to sleep. I was up till four and then the puppy woke up because Bruce was going around and basically didn't go back to sleep. And it's like, I, I've really tried for the last few weeks and months to enjoy being up early because we've made that thing. But I just, I just don't get it. I just can't. 
That's all right. I, I, you know, I don't see anything wrong with it. I do think there's a weird new societal pressure where getting up early is associated with being more successful and having your shit together more. Um, I think it's unwarranted. But I think, for example, you know, they, you see these things where they're like, we lived, the, we did the morning routine of successful CEOs or of this billionaire or this millionaire, and they all get up at 5 a.m. and start crushing it. Uh, you know, whilst the competition sleeps, you're already at work. And then I think that, what's it called, like hustle mentality kicks in a little bit where you feel like you should be someone who's up at the crack of dawn and already at it. But I think if you don't function and you don't perform and it puts you in a bad mood, then it's obviously just not yeah, I for think you. Following on from last week, we, we spoke about that, didn't we? I think I'm just taking a bit of an exception. Uh, I'm taking uh, acceptance, rather is the word, uh, that I'm not a morning person. And yeah. I can quite happily go all night and crack on. And I can quite happily get up before the crack of dawn to get stuff done. Uh, I, I'm, I'm good with that. But anything pre-10 o'clock uh, isn't out of... I, I would vote for waking up at 10 o'clock each day and then I feel I'm at my most productive yeah but fair enough I will provide no solution I will give go. no assistance I, am I feel better about that it. now and yeah it's I can move forward in this life yes <laughs> yes uh, as we were, we were just talking about uh snow weren't we earlier because uh, we caught up just before this before on a on another uh zoom tingy that we were doing uh, so you, you don't like snow, you like my brother, you don't like snow. I love snow. I think snow is cool. I think snow is fun. I think snow provides a lot of entertainment. I don't like England with snow <laughs> because this country every single year acts as if they've never seen the stuff and they just don't know what they're doing. It's, it's almost like it's COVID. They, they just, the snow comes and they're like, what? <laughs> Guys. We need to uh, we need to do something. We should have put some salt down. Oh, it's a bit late for that. The snow's here. Oh, guys, we should do something. We need to clear the roads. Oh, it's a bit late for that. Everyone needs to go to work, and you haven't done any of it, so no one can go anywhere. So this country in the snow irritates me because everything gets affected. And I, but this year, I've loved the snow because I've had nowhere to be because we are still in national lockdown, and I have stayed in my house and I've looked out my window and I've said. That's, that's some pretty snow. I like that pretty. snow. I still haven't gone out and actually thrown a snowball or made a snowman or weed in it or any of the things that you're meant to do with the snow. Snow angel, uh, snow angel. You forgot the angel. The snow angel. But I enjoyed the presence of said snow. I'm assuming you love snow. I'm assuming I love you're all snow, about the snow. But only if it brings it. I don't want none of that mushy stuff in a few hours or anything like that. That's just like, a, it's not even an annoyance. It's like, what, why bother kind yes, of thing. Agreed. But when there's been a, a layering, I like the, the crunch underfoot. And I like, I like the, the pristineness of, uh, especially a forest or an untouched area. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate the snow. Oh, I had another thought actually on my rant, if we can go back oh. to that. Uh, I suppose this may be a bit of a justify, uh, justification is what I need. But conversation is good for that, isn't it? Sometimes you just need to get it off your chest. Uh, it was, Lauren, actually, she was uh, reading or listening to something about teenagers having a 
teenage daughter and you know what they put you through you kind of look for help where you can and uh you uh, she was reading this thing about how the teenage brain needs to sleep more uh and it it, it trains itself to lay in more and things like that because uh, of the development of the brain, blah, 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 and everything else. And uh, I just think, or well, like Don brought it to us, that I never broke that cycle. I think I've always kept a teenage sleep brain active. So, yeah, I, I think I'm meant to be this way. I think that says, that like lays testament to the fact that you've never actually had to have like a nine to five job, which is yeah. what would have broken you out of that. Uh, so I think I think that's nothing but a good thing. I I used yeah. to believe it or not, really lay in as an early teen. Like two in the afternoon was very normal for me, uh, and and you know that would still be going to bed relatively decent time. But I would I'd sleep a lot. It's it's just not a thing anymore. If I I just wake up at seven, it just happens. I'm just up maybe eight, uh, and then like my wife will say, "Oh, you had a lay in today." When I get up at half nine, she's like, "Oh, you really you really slept in." But it's like, not, not really. I, uh, I said it quite at the end of last week and uh, wanted to, uh, I didn't bring it for this week's conversation as in I thought we might talk about it last week. And I thought, oh, we'll hold that over to this week. Do you remember? I, I remember, so, but you're going to refresh us with the quote. Yeah, again anyway, so the right? quote was, the first step to correcting a mistake is patience. And I think some of these things that we're, conversing about talking about I think one has done instinctively over a period of one's life uh, the way that you behave and react and things like that uh, probably through trial and error I would have thought but it's something uh, this year in this short period we've had at the start of the year that I've really focused on and it's not overreacting in any given moment when there is not just a mistake or a situation, maybe something that you've done yourself, caused to yourself or caused to someone else or something that's just happened to everyone. Uh, I've really noticed a power in stopping for a moment and going, well, let's not react right now. Of course, if someone burnt themselves or something like that, it needs to have immediate attention to it. I'm not talking about that. I simply can think of an example, but it's like, well, Let's just collect ourselves for a second. Everyone's safe, everyone's healthy. And actually, if you give it five, 10, even sometimes 15 minutes, it seems to work itself out. So I've just been this year really practicing patience. Yes, I, I, I have. The, the biggest moments I think of regret have been when I've jumped the gun in terms of my response to things. Uh, when I look back on stuff that I would have done differently, more often than not, it's exactly that situation where something happened and my immediate thing was like, go, react, respond, send the email, do the call, whatever. And then when I think about it, I just think if I just waited, if I just let it simmer for a day, for half, like you said, an hour, it would have been completely different. Everything happens for a reason, blah, 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 and all of that stuff. But whenever I think back on stuff, that's what generally happens is, yeah, if you just let it naturally play out, things tend to sort themselves out a lot more. Like you said about messaging, that's a fine example. Like yeah. uh, we're in previous episodes, we talked about screen time, everything else. I've really cut that back. Uh, we do have a, like a business 
thing where we say we're going to get back to people within 24 hours. So if we get a call or a message, we think it's, you know, as a business owner, someone's paying you for a service, we think it's fair to say we'll get back to him within 24 hours kind of thing. So we've got an unwritten rule uh, with uh, running our family business that we do that. But quite often I've found, uh, you know, uh, a text or email might be in amongst 20 others that you haven't quite got to. If you just leave it, sometimes just to that evening, not at the moment, but you might see the person or, and it's resolved. And uh, quite often it's that message as well, where it's a little bit more assertive to correcting something, i.e. someone is accusing you or you've made a mistake or, you know, it's it's a message that has a bit more to it. And if you just be patient and just it seems to work itself out and then you get a response like oh don't worry i actually looked in the cupboard and it was there we didn't leave it there or or or, or something like that have you experienced that yeah all the time it's like you almost need to retrain people like the people around you whether it be and it goes as far as saying to retrain your customers that that certain things don't warrant the message or don't warrant the email because the you know the typical one that i would get is uh, little Johnny has lost this. Do you have a copy? Do you have it? Can you get one to us? Uh, and like I can just be like, we don't have it, but I can give you one or I can order one and we can sort it out. But like you said, if I've missed that message or missed that email and we get to class or I've just not got around to responding to it, nine times out of 10, little Johnny has found it or mum has worked it out another way. But the initial point of call is always to go straight to you because that's what they're trained to do. And it's like you have to break that cycle with certain people. There's also now messaging is so instant that people expect a response that much quicker. When it was just written letter, you knew it was going to take a week for a response. And then when email came around, I think 24 hours became the response. But once messaging came, it's like it has to be instant you and you feel the pressure the message comes in the text message and you feel like that's something i need to respond to quicker than any other form and they've made like, it so easy now with a thumbs up as well isn't it so you've yeah, got yeah you you've can got just respond it. and it's like things like read receipts where it shows you it shows them that you've read it so they know that you've read it and in their mind now they're saying well i'm not important enough them to respond to me which is obviously not what it is and it's not the intention but i think that's a big problem i don't know i don't know what the benefit is of the person who sent the message knowing that i've read it other than just causing mad anxiety for everyone involved yeah and then this whole patient thing is i've uh, really started practicing my whole day and what i find i've uh, in the past done is i've been on a task like i do you know uh, plan my day uh, i would say well time managed a week and everything and i'll i'll do a task and i'm quite particular with tasks so i, I want them done a, a certain way and then i'll I'll get to the end of my allocated time and it'll be like, oh, I'll come back to this later. And then I'll get home and I'll get on the laptop or I would have written some notes I had to follow up. I've got much better with like, look, just be patient. Just pick it up in your next allocated slot. And I found nothing gained by doing it the other way, uh, you know, trying to cram more in and absolutely nothing lost by doing it 
just being patient for the next day. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to our conversation about the mornings where there's like this weird pressure to be a hustler, like to not a hustler as in trying to scam people, but yeah. like that hard work mentality of you just got to go at it, like respond, reply, tick it all off. All the things are done rather than, you know, take a more chilled response to it. And then What's the long the big game. Turtle? The big turtle? In Finding Nemo. Ah, oh, hey, dude. Yeah, I couldn't see his name, but yeah. That's right like that, isn't it? That's kind of what you need to do. I, I looked around there and I thought, where's there a big <laughs> That one right there. Yeah, and then if you elongate the patience out, I've also thought about that and just the patience with things, uh, especially big things that you want to achieve, just coming together. And uh, it, yeah, it's just that acceptance of, again, I don't have an example at the moment, but those those bigger things in life that you just can't, instantly have uh you know success or whatever it be yeah it's it's just it's hard with all the metrics i think that's where it it gets sticky i think that's where people struggle with it now is there's just so many there's so much numbers and stats and uh you just see a response for everything and i think people struggle like if you're trying to build success in a business you might have metrics of your numbers and they're not growing the way you want them to grow. And it's not necessarily that you're doing anything wrong. You're just not there yet. It's just, you just got to stay the course and be patient. And then it will, it will happen. It will come. There'll be that moment, you know, where it, it gets up to speed. But yeah, I completely understand what you're saying. I think a lot of people will, will sympathize with that feeling. I've not uh, wanted to talk about COVID as in with anyone, let alone yourself, as uh, I, I just no wanted issue to with do. That. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm done with it, uh, you know, months ago. Uh, but if there's anything I could have told my uh, pre-COVID self, you know, back in March when it all, you know, was starting to be real, you know, this lockdown and all that, that's, I think that's the one thing I would have said to myself is patience. Just be be patient and uh, yeah, I think that's where, if we're in the, the back end of this now coming out, that I, I've taken the most from it. What about yourself, pre-COVID? Not talking about COVID itself, but the situation we found ourselves in, would you, what advice would you give to yourself? Focus on that which you can control. Um, I think at the start of it, I was very resistant to it and I was trying to I was like almost trying to make out like it wasn't happening. Uh, I actually remember the last class we did in a hall and I turned around to one of my students and I said to him, don't worry about it. It's going to be just like bird flu, mad cow disease, Ebola, all of these. We're going to hear about it in the news for a few weeks and then it's going to magically disappear because they're just covering up something else that wants to happen. I, was, I just got all conspiracy theorists on it. And then they shut us down and I was like, don't worry about it. In a couple of weeks, they're going to realize the economy's in trouble and they're going to open it all back up. And this went on for like a while. I just wasn't accepting it. And I wasn't focusing then on all the stuff that I could have been controlling, like, you know, online presence and working on other projects and spending my time elsewhere. And I wasted a lot of the beginning portion of it just trying to make it like go away, just being like, no, yeah. it's not happening. So yeah, acceptance and uh, and focusing on what you can control in moments where it feels like you're not in control. Yeah, yeah, well, they're good tools yeah. for life itself, though, isn't it? Pandemic or not? 
Yeah, yeah. What is your, this whole thing's just been a learning experience in all of that, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. For me, for myself. For sure. Obviously. For sure. So I got something that I wanted yeah, to Yeah, well, I've today. caught up, so I'm, I'm happy now. Good, you're done. Um, I'm, I'm reading a really good business book. I forgot the name, it's that good, and the author, but I'll recommend it. Uh, and he talked about this idea, and this was coming off of you not eating as much meat and like being a bit more concerned about the way agriculture is in this country and the way we manage farm animals. And he said, imagine a chicken farm, which is often just like millions of chickens squeezed in a you know, big black box. He said, imagine if there was a live feed video camera at every farm. So at any point, anyone in the world could log in and look at what this farm was doing at any time in any place and think how that would change the way the farmers treated their animals mm. because of perception. And he said, when, like, and he, he was using it from the point of view of if, you're, if you've got a business and you want to know about like how to behave, how to have your ethics, how to run it, just imagine that you constantly had this webcam on you that anyone could log on to at any moment and see what you're doing. And that kind of lets you tap into your moral compass in terms of making a right decision because you know what's right inside because if someone was watching, you know what you'd want them to see of you. Uh, for me, it was like a real... Boom, moment. moment. Yeah, it lit me up, uh, especially from the whole animal farming field. I just, he kind of brushed over that as in then got back to business. But yeah. I found that concept so interesting that if they had to show slaughterhouses or whatever, and it had to be on camera and anyone could look at it at any time, would it change what it all looked like? And I think it would. And I think if you did that in any business, restaurants, gyms, all the rest of it, you'd see just such dramatic change. In, fit, uh, in restaurants and gyms, explain. So, for example, if you had this webcam in a kitchen of yeah. a restaurant, okay, things okay. like cleaning and cleanliness you know, and hygiene, and yeah, all okay. of that would just go up guaranteed, you know, easily. Same in gyms in terms of cleaning okay, down yeah, equipment. It's, it's just that I just think everything, I, I don't want cameras everywhere. I don't, well, that's not what I'm saying, but I like the, the concept of thinking that way that if people were watching you, what decision would you make? Yeah, accountability in somewhat. Yeah, I guess so. And, and it's just, um, I think sometimes we make decisions, driving's a good example. We make decisions without thinking of how it affects people outside of us. And like driving does something magical to people where it puts them in this little bubble where they think they're just like their own separate thing like they're not a thing I've been cut up by people sometimes in such bad ways where I thought I could if I want to follow you home now like I could yeah. just continue to follow your car wait for you to get out of it and do horrific things I don't because I'm not that insane just yet but I just think why did you think because if we were walking you wouldn't have done what you just did no because no. you would have got beaten up for it or you would have had to deal with a confrontation but because yeah. you're in this bubble you don't and therefore the accountability is not there and you just behave however you think you can behave yeah. i think that's i don't know it my brain just kind of went where else would you put these cameras then so we've got restaurants i wouldn't put cameras anywhere is what i'll just i'm yeah, not yeah, but I'm metaphorically there, but using metaphorically an eye word. let's say an eye a uh an all-seeing accountability eye where would you put this accountability eye well, for the, I'd have a floating accountability eye that just followed me around all day. 
and it just stuck oh, on, on me. You. I, on me. I, and this is my big thing. This is kind of how I'd want it. I'd want this ugly little floating eye that just goes around with me all the time. And then when I feel like I'm going to do something that's going <laughs> to like be really procrastinating wrong. <laughs> or wrong, or I'm going to eat something that I know I shouldn't be eating right now because I've told myself I'm going to eat clean, whatever. I've got to look into this stupid eye and look to the world and go, yeah, I'm eating this and I'm all right with it. And then, you know, you, you might still make bad decisions, but at least you're then all right with it because you're going to do it. I don't know. I think yeah. there's something to it. And again, as always, I come with this podcast without an idea fully fleshed out. So if it sounds just absolutely batshit crazy, it probably yeah. is. Or half-baked, then it, it definitely is. I'd like to put uh, an eye for everyone, actually, cameras on politicians all the time. Oh, that's, so that's the best example, right? Imagine all these politicians, every time they have to sign one of these bits of paper that affects people other than themselves, that we could watch it happen. Because every time it's all come out. Oh, the expense report thing. You know, when all those things came out that they were like using their expenses to pay for moats and draw bridges to their stately manners. That just wouldn't have happened. None of that would have happened if they were being in some way publicly watched. Being one of balance, how about this then? Taking that all seeing accountability eye or cctv cameras as you want to put everywhere uh what about (laughs) if we put it in i'm trying to think of examples but care homes and uh uh places uh homeless shelters what they call them where they feed the homeless people homeless uh soup kitchens and all of these places where great acts of kindness take place so that the world can see that. What about, yeah. you see what I've done? Flip it. Also, yes, exactly that. You would see you would see these moments of just selflessness that's not been done because the camera is there, but the camera just happened to be there and capture it. And yeah. Yeah, that would also just be this beautiful thing that people could learn from. I actually saw a beautiful example of this, real life one with the cameras. So someone showed an example. Have you heard of Twitch? Have your kids exposed you to Twitch? Twitch is a new platform for streaming gaming. So if you play, let's say Cece's playing Red Dead Redemption, she could be sit there playing it and then she could basically, you know how you sit and watch her play? Imagine that worldwide. Loads of people watching her play and listening to her talk about it. And it's a social platform for that. Okay, yeah. You can do this thing on it where effectively you can tip people. So if you're watching someone and you like their show, you can send them two quid, send them three quid. Uh, And that's how a lot of these Twitch streamers then make their money. I digress. There's a girl Twitch streamer and she's telling off all these people who are watching her Twitch because they never send her any money. Uh, And she's basically saying to them, look, it would be like a cup of coffee to you. Just don't buy your Starbucks in the morning. You watch me every day. You could at least send me a bit of money. It shows her for a bit and then it shows this other guy. He's not playing games. He's actually carving wooden um, sculptures uh, and someone sends him a tip. He's from New Zealand. He's like, oh, mate, can I can I give it back? You don't have to pay. I just want you to watch. Like, you don't, I don't need any money. There's a pandemic going on. How can I send that money back? And then someone else tips him because he said that. And he's like, no, guys, please stop tipping me. I'm not doing this for tips. I just enjoy it. Just enjoy my art. And that's all I want from you. I want to share it. 
and it just showed these two different people and then you watched both of them and you just went i want to be that guy i want to be like yeah. that and it was a it was a real chris i don't know again this whole thing we, just got no we going. had a business uh, I, I do like a weekly one with our management consultant company and uh, the main guy was uh, on there and he was talking and he was talking much about this in a business sense and he was saying uh, don't try and sell something that you're not try try not to hit the latest you know lose this you know gain that or whatever but just be your authentic self, really just be who you are. Uh, as long as you know, you're not a cuckoo uh, <laughs> and allow that to be what your, your advertising is because ultimately that's what people want to, for a better word, buy into. Yeah, and, something more uh, relatable, human. Yeah, yeah, oh, I really like that. Uh, I think we should wrap it up there, as I don't want to talk about anything else. That's made me feel really good. That's right. We've had a nice break from the uh, the top threes and the foods and stuff. So next week yeah. be, we'll enjoy yeah, more. I'd like to finish with a quote though, because I brought one. Please uh, do. So Please do. Uh, I thought I'd uh, actually bring a, a relevant one as I finished last week and we picked up on patience. So patience is not the ability to wait, but the ability to keep a good attitude while waiting. Joyce Mayer. I like it. Could you repeat it one more time? I didn't quite Sorry. get it. Patience is not the ability to wait, but the ability to keep a good attitude while waiting. Patience is a good attitude. That's a very nice quote. I like that one. Who was the, who was the person? Uh, I haven't searched them. Joyce Mayer. Just a spiritual inspiration. Nice. Well, I'll, I'll stick with the, the loveliness theme of it all. So we finish all full of hearts and loveliness. Uh, this is a really cute one. Love has nothing to do with what you are expecting to get. Only with what you are expecting to give, which is everything. Catherine oh, yeah. Hepburn. That's like a big warm... Hug, That's just it? a big cuddle, isn't it? Yeah, in a, in a yeah, quote. Well, I really enjoyed this, as uh, I'm going to go have an early night so I can get up late. And, uh, <laughs> That's great. Continue <laughs> our days from there. Enjoy oh, it. Dude. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Peace out.